Okay, okay, so good morning, everyone. Um, the month of Sivan is sponsored by uh, Dalia Orlev in, in love memory of his sister, Chana Bachmo Halevi and Sarah. Mary Milosi Sassen, Lili Nishmas, Miriam's Abel's Yorzeit is today, I believe. Pinchas Menachem Ben Avram David. Ira Brown, in honor of his 50th birthday. The week is sponsored by Chana Sarah in memory of Reb David. Oliver Shalom, Esther and Shalom Parnas, gratitude to Hashem Parnas's family's birthdays this week. And even Josh Gantra in honor of their 20th wedding anniversary. And also we're doing L'chovod, Ariel Saba. What's his name? Avram Yoshua. Avram Yoshua, who at the age of 93, has come back home. Baruch Hashem. L'chaim, L'chaim. Baruch Okay, good news. If we could pass these papers around. All right. I wanted to do today... Um, I got so inspired by the piece that we did from Reb Tzadok for months, kind of dissecting the first piece of Tzidka Satzadik about this concept of Avodat Hashem, how a person knows when they're ready to be, how a person knows when, if they're ready, when they're ready to be in Eved Hashem, how to jump into something, when, when you should actually take your time, all these different things. And um, I, I realized that because we're only going to be with Reb Tzadok for another probably month, probably like month, and then you know take a break for the summer and then come back next year with something new, I really wanted to make sure that, um, that we're really getting as much of the simple depth of Reb Tzadok Akayin, um, before we before we bid for welcome, at least in this context of Thursday mornings. So what we're going to do today something is it's a very... Simple piece about his ikarim, about his. Mm-hmm. You know what? I mean, I'm hoping that part turn on. I think turn on. I'll tell you why. The bugs are going to drive you crazy. If we open up these windows, there's a mobble of bugs. It's it's been crazy. So that's the other. We're going to put on the air, and then you'll be freezing. But at least we won't have bugs in your. Okay. Did everyone get a copy? Yeah, Marilyn, you have. You good? Okay. So, I want us to really feel like my 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 kavana with each of these tzaddikim we're learning is that we really feel a kesher nafshi with them, is that we really could sense and say, ah, Reb Tzadok HaKoyen, when someone says their name in the future, it's not just, oh, I know he lived in so-and-so's time, or the Talmud of so-and-so, that's also important. But a kesher nafshi, that I could say, ah, Reb Tzadok, he mamish changed my life. He really pierced my heart. He really did something to me. He really changed something inside of me. He really opened my heart. And that's why this piece today is just a very simple, I'm telling you, you're going to see, it's Dvarim Shabim, the Chol Nefesh. Very, you know, the pieces we've done this year, some of them have been so high, complicated at times, like I told you in the beginning of the year, he's about lumdus. he's about like real deep learning. Today I kind of try to bring this down as much as possible in order for us to really just feel the access and the closeness to who he was and what his Torah was all about. So when you want to go to a tzaddik and really get into their kishkas, you go to the way they spoke about davening, how they felt about tefillah. And as you see in the beginning, look at the beginning over here. But tefillah, Reb Tzaddik says, Hu That real davening is all about how much of a passion and a drive do I have to daven and to beg Hashem, to beg Hashem Yisbarach. Now, this is very, for a person that grew up in the, in the non-Hasidic circles, to come to this conclusion is a big chiddush. 
Because in the world that he came from, that's not the Ikar of davening. The Ikar of davening is to make sure that three times a day you check in and your Yotze Yedei Bechova of the Tefillah. Reb Tzadok is saying over here that the Ikar of Tefillah, the Ikar is Cheshek Veratzon Litpalu Litchanen. So for some of us that just came out of Shachris, this is a big Cheshbon HaNefesh. Because I have to ask myself and say, okay, I just came out of a Shacharit. If I was passionate in a certain area during the tefillah right now, I should be able to remember and detect it now at 9.15 when davening was just a few minutes ago. I should be able to detect it, Nachum. Like it's, I, I should be able to say, oh, yeah, that bracha, that tefillah, that te- I should be able to say, yeah, passion point, you know? So Reb Tzadok is saying, like, the, the ikr of what davening is all about is, did you come out with, at a certain point that you had passion during your davening? But he's saying even something more than that. Do you ever look forward to davening? Cheshek v'ratzon lehit palel means, is there ever a moment in your day, in your week, besides Friday afternoon, okay, besides Friday afternoon, that you could say, ayom achshav yesh li cheshek palel. And he says, the more that you, whatever it's considered to be working on yourself, the meter for that would be, where's there, where's there a drive, a passion, a desire, a want? You know, in Barasov, this is a very big yisod, and like you mentioned, Reb Tzadok had Reb Nachman's svarim on his table, and he even wrote a perush on one of, I think it was on Sefer Hamidos of Rebbe Nachman. And you could see this, this like really fit in here because in Braslav, their whole thing is this first line over here. is a very big thing. So Reb Tzadik starts like this. And it, yeah. As opposed to Hitbot, like, like uh, just Hitbot, I would think over here that he's speaking about davening the way that we refer to davening yeah sure sure because he doesn't i mean he he speaks and there are a few instances where he speaks about like speaking to hashem and it's not necessarily clear that he's that he's, that he's referring to davening in a shul or in a minion but just the, the concept of shacharit mincha and mari even even in that you know yeah even in that especially there now he says over here like this Again, this is a principles to understand, to really feel that we're really taking in Reb Tzadok HaKoyim. Kol ha-kochot ha-netuot b'chol nefesh me-Yisrael, en l'achshov shu ra-gamur v'shatzalich liot ho-pcho. There are certain embedded strengths, some would call it Yitzarim, that they're embedded in each nefesh in Am Yisrael, and we could call them out and know these are things that we're not really proud of and don't really want to rep- be representing us. Certain strengths, not, not, usually we say strength meaning, well, look how good I am at something. Here it just means, look how dominant this thing is in me. And that's the word to use over here, dominant, right? So dominant could be mamash, one or the other. It could be a dominant thing that you're so proud of. And you have a dominant attribute that Hashem Yerachem, it's the last thing in the world that you want. But he says, don't look at those things and say, you have to now have the, rip this out and you need, a, you need something to be completely the hafik of it. Because there's no midah in the world that exists, as bad as it may be, 
that also has within it some type of positive attribute within the Midah. <laughs> the only thing is, you, you got to use it in accordance to the will of, of Akadosh Baruch Hu. Let's give an example. Who wants to give an example? What could he, what could he be speaking about? A dominant mida that he, we on the face five, like uh, when we when we look at it, not with deep eyes, but with like a ratzon to just do good or to get our acts together, we say this thing has to be uprooted. The gamra, we got to get rid of this completely. And he's saying, wait a second, there's no such thing as something, as a, as a midah, as much as it's dominant and not, you're not proud of it, that is completely void of, of, of a tzad, something good in there. You just have to figure out how to use that good according to the Ratzon of Hashem. Yeah? So what he's asking is you have this desire to daven, so I would say laziness or wanting to do other things rather than daven. Wait a second, stick to one word, laziness, for a second, okay? Now let's go to laziness. Laziness is Lazy, okay, and whatever it is, lazy, the midah of atzlanut. So what, what is the good, what is the good attribute of laziness? The, uh, I mean, once you subjugate it, you can turn it into a great power, but I don't know. No, pre-subjugation, that's what he's saying over here. He's saying in the midah itself, there's something there that must be there must be something good in there that you, that you... I mean, we could do this with laziness. That's not good. Right. Laziness. Let's, let's take that. What in laziness could be... Could, could we plug into Reb Tzadok's words? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, let's assume. Let's assume it's... It's Mamash because of Hashem that we're doing this. So it's Hachana. Okay. Yeah, maybe like that Midah of like... Maybe if you're lazy, you're not angry. Interesting. <laughs> is it necessarily so? Well, if you're in a lethargic-ish space, right. you tend not to People have that, that are emotion. angry aren't so lazy. Well, you don't have that emotion right. necessarily right. when the, you're something that, Yeah, there's something to what you... Yeah. But you see, you see, what, you see what, what we did. Usually we say, you know, okay, laziness. <sighs> what a... What a ugh. And you read the Ramchal, you know, you read Misilat Yisharim, and right there, the Midah Vatzlanut, something you got to fix. Nachon, but Abtzadik Kukrain is saying, listen, in every single one of these 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 dominant Midot, the Avodah Avayit is to figure out what in here could I, could I see as something that I could actually use. Now, again, people have written extensively on Reb Tzadik's psychoanalysis of, of, the, of the modern Jew of then. Then meaning the 19th century. And I think what Reb Tzadok was saying is that people were, were really beginning to be hard on themselves. People were really starting to really doubt their own self-worth and sincerity. And perhaps Reb Tzadok is trying to say to us, listen, don't kill yourselves. These are midot that each of us have. If it's there, let's see what could be done with it in a manner that can be used for Avodat Hashem. So I don't, so let's say like this, I dissect what we just did right now. I take that laziness, I say, I plug in what we said over here right now. Now how do I use all that for Ratzon Hashem? So do I, do I still stay kicking back next morning shachar and say, wow, I'm so into just preparing and chill and I'm not angry so davening can wait? No, meaning I acknowledge those, those midot as important midot, right? I acknowledge these things as important things at the right time, bidiyuk. I got to extract it and acknowledge it as good things 
for the right time. Kefiratz on Hashem. Nachon. Interesting. So then I could say, hmm, where else could I give more space to other people? But again, it doesn't mean I should be lazy about a mitzvah. Maybe that's what it's calling out to me. Okay, that was a good, I'm sure you had no idea we were going there with what you said. Right. Um, what's, a, what's another one? What's another, this is good, Lemaisa stuff. What could be another tchuna that it's a dominant, dominant koyach in our psyche? in our daily lives, that we would rather not have at all, and yet, it's there. Distraction. Anger, distract, huh? Jealous. Jealous, okay, oh, that's, that's, I want to go there because that's, the, the, because Chazal tell us, this takes us out of, out of the world. Akina, huh? Yeah, Akina, Ataba, Vakavod, Motsi'im et Adam in Aulam. Okay, jealousy, Hashem, and, and Bemet, we should all be zochet to really fix this one. And it's shorish, and it's really in its root. Life is so much better. <laughs> not that I'm speaking from, you know, personal... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to say, listen, let me tell you, when you rip out jealousy from your heart, it's really so much better. But when you have moments like that, it really is so much better. Like when you're happy for others over things that possibly could have happened to you. It's a, and you're able to really, like, not just force yourself saying, I'm so happy for them. But, but really that inside, you know, really you're like, you're like, wow, mama, like, I, I, right? I'll give you an example. Kapot Marim, the shul down the street, just elected a new vad for their shul. Someone, and I saw the letter they sent out to the community. And I saw that they mamash chose, like, they, they chose amazing people to be on, on, the, on as the vad of the, of the shul. And, like, I was discussing it with a friend of mine from our shul last night. I was like, wow, like, I, I, I'm... I know they're doing a kiddush this Shabbos in honor of I think the pre, the, the outgoing and I think the incoming comes like what an amazing thing it would be if we could actually like you know do do a kiddush also for even for them right like when you're able to really be happy for for someone else like that I don't know it it life looks different it's like you you, you experience life very differently so I tasted it a little bit last night with a friend of mine and it was just a a special moment but now let's go to when we're not able to do that so fast okay which is Unfortunately, most of the time, right? So, kina, jealousy. Yala, let's find now, let's find the... Now, I have to be clear, we're not talking about kinat sofrim. Because that's easy to... That's too easy. Kinat sofrim means um, uh, envy for uh, righteousness and holiness that I see in someone else. That's easy. That's too easy of, a, of an avodah over here. We're going. We're going to when it's like it's the. It's just murder. Sorry, Shoshana. It's too easy. <laughs> the other way was too easy. Let's go to Kina. Okay, jealousy. Huh? Okay, that's good. That's good. To what? To beat the person up? Or? <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> right. What else? What could it do? This is very good. What else could it do? Huh? It could inspire you. It could inspire you, yeah. Motivate and inspiration. What else?
That's good. Now, now let's do about envy with people. Let's kina, right? Or let, let, let's do with money. Okay, I'm jealous of that person's money. So now, what, how would you do that with that? No, I do like money. No, that's not. But that, but I right, But I don't. But I don't want to be that person that likes money, right? So it works in certain instances, right? You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, but is it the actual money? The taiva of money. There's nothing wrong. Everyone should like to take care of their families. I'm talking about the, like the, that, that jealousy, that lust that it brings with it. I mean, we, the, the, a, an easier example would be, which I want to get back to with how you presented it, would be, um, for many of you, you don't remember this, or, or maybe you do, it's just in the past, is looking for a zivug. So were you ever jealous when you found out that person had got that person? So let's go over there. If you could rewind a few years and remember what that what that's like, right? So, oh, I'm so happy that I also want. Th- there it could actually work. I'm so happy that I I actually want a, a, a person of that caliber, for instance, right? That, so actually, that could work there, right? Nachon. It's very hard. Right? About what, like what 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 is it that you're looking? What for? is it that you're what looking for? You're yeah. Looking towards what? So it becomes less about the, the person itself that you're having jealousy over and, and more, what is it that I'm looking for for my life? I think it opens also new pathways to all your other bad results because you've worked on all of it. But they say that, no, but they say that kina in its root basically is, a, is like a shorish of a shorish, meaning that it really does open the gates to simultaneously be working on many other midot that kind of fall under the, the tree of what kina does. It's true. With these things. Because it seems like the moment, I mean, the moment you take notice of these qualities that you don't like about yourself and you ask yourself, what am I learning about myself? And it really does take away. So right. if it doesn't take away from your jealousy, let's say, it's, it, becomes, it becomes more about you and less about them. Right. And so then you remove the person from it and you're just like, wow, okay, so I really do want my beautiful, amazing, I really do want to get married. Right. If you're able to remove, yeah. If you're able to re- extract it and remove the, the person behind the ratz nachon. Can't clarity? It's it could. I think that's what Abtzalika Kohen is saying is that dafka the things that we would love to just get rid of. He's saying, stop one second, wait one second. This could actually provide you with clarity about your ratzon, about what you actually want in life. But the but the yetsar which clothes itself as the yetsar tov comes and tells you come and uproot this and change it immediately. Saying, but wait a second, this is an opportunity to actually figure out a lot of things about yourself. Don't knock it off right away. Okay, that, that's what Absalik is saying. And again, we have to go to the times, the context of his times. It must be that he was around people that were, that were very much under the impression that religious observance or, or whatever it meant to become holier meant taking certain qualities and completely uprooting them or trying to flip them over completely suppressing it to the core to, to, to a level that uh, you can't do anything with it because it's it's gone nimchak right yeah I think the difference like between jealousy and envy is the word bargain is the mida bargain that they, I have no English for there's that. no real <laughs> 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 is to yeah to really, in your heart, be there, be okay with someone having something that you also want. 
And I would also learn, right. But if I try to wipe it out right away, I'll never get the Fargin. I'll never get to what you're talking about. Bidiuk. Bidiuk. This is very this is very important. Okay, let's continue. Third line in the second paragraph. Now this, this is very interesting what he says over here. I'm going to explain this in a second, or I'll attempt to. So Reb Tzadok is saying, every time I try to, to work on breaking something bad in the moment, in the moment, is conquering my mind, heart, and soul. That moment of, of working on myself, he says, that's called, that's when a person produces chen and yofi. The word levad may be a, uh, a typo here. I'm not sure. I have to look in the original text. Like a person becomes, has, gains this chen and yofi when they, when they really are willing to... We're going to see what that hishtadlus is. When they're really working really hard to break a certain taiva. Shehu sheker vehevel la'ad, because the taiva is actually a lie and vanity that doesn't have eternal existence. This is very deep. It's, it's simple, but it's very deep. That thing which possesses our mind, heart, and soul, that in the moment we're stuck in, seems like it's netzach. Seems like it's forever. But really, in the MS of it, Tomorrow morning you can wake up without this thing that right now is your complete slave master. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow it's not there. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. But the koach is that in the moment, it makes you seem completely helpless. Completely helpless. So Reb so Tzodok says here, the, the ikar is that in that moment where what's in front of you seems to be just completely all-encompassing, is to say at that moment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, I, I'm working, 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 but I know I just need I just need you to help me get through this moment of this illusion. Now, if you could remember that while you're struggling with a taiva that feels like it's netzach, to remember that it's an illusion, it is an amazing, amazing, amazing victory. When a person remembers that and they're working on breaking their taiva in those moments, the Pesach says, Chen and Yofi adorn a person. It's a tremendous victory. It's a triumphant victory to be able to do this. You know, we keep on going back to his songs because I just know so many of the lyrics, but Eviatar Bana has a song about sobriety. It's about the 12-step program, actually. It's called Machur, which means addicted. And he says there, um, he has a line there, This now on the other side, this eternity is passing by. It, pa- it doesn't, it doesn't, cholef means, uh, how would you say? Passes by, right? Is that okay? Moves on. Hanetzach hazeh hu cholef. So he's saying that in the context 
of when a person's high and they're sure or they're, or they're t- intoxicated, whatever level, they're certain that what they're experiencing is, is bliss, right? But this netzach that you feel like you've tapped into is cholef. It actually passes by. It moves on. It doesn't last. That's how addiction happens, that you have to keep on getting back to something that you're under the impression that is, it's eternity. So Reb Tzadik says, the Yitzhahara does works through the same tactics. The Taivas work through the same things. While you're in it, you can't remember that there was ever anything besides this. But if you could remember that the, what you're trapped into is a Sheker and Hevel, Reb Tzadik says, it's actually vanity, it's not even real, then he says, Shazel Miftach Ne'eman, this is the most uh, promising, trustworthy way of going about life. He said, at that moment, calling it out and say, Hashem, if this is really an, if this is really an illusion, then just help me get out of it right now. Like, I, I, I could figure out many more tactics, but every avenue I choose, every alleyway I, I peek through, it's right there. So if it's vanity... Let's call it out together and just help me, help me get through it. Now, when you do that, Reb Tzadik says, Ah, chen and yofi. That's the whole point of Hashem giving us is, is to, to elevate them and to realize them. Is, he, he gave it to us to elevate them. He gave it to us in order to ask Him, come and help me. Exactly. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's what Reb says. Don't throw away these, these nisyonas. Don't try to completely flip it over and... Uh, you're going to miss out on the whole purpose. The whole purpose. You'll miss out, like I want to say like this, what are you going to miss out on? On becoming more beautiful. Because this is what makes you more beautiful in this world. Now, why is this the way? That's Hashem's, we can't decide. Why Hashem decided this is what mal, you know, brings chen on you and your feet. That's already, we should all be zochet to, we won't even care about these things in in, in Olam Abba and Olam Abba, that's right. Down here we care about it. But this is, he's saying, don't miss, don't miss the opportunities that actually make you more beautiful and adorn you with more chen and charm. Okay. So these are real life strategies for the modern Jew? Like, I mean, this is like really what to do? This is really I hope everything do. we learn is our real life strategies <laughs> for the modern right, Jew. Right. It'd be weird if we learned real life strategies for the 17th century or that, you know. <laughs> no, I know, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. No, what you're saying is the highest. Yes. Yes. No, Esther, you're saying really what everyone should be saying. Like the, the, the obvious, Vamet. Yes, this is all Lemaisa to make it practical into our lives. Yeah. Sure. Sure. hundred percent. He's just not using the word as much as we may see it in Lubavitch liturgy, but it's a, it's absolutely the same place. As long as listen, we learned an amazing piece at. This was the last session on Shavuos night, so this was, three or three thirty in the morning. It was a piece from Rav Kluger, and he said there are two types of Jews that keep Torah and mitzvahs. One is really, really concerned and wants to make sure that he's doing the right thing at any given moment, that he's always Yotzei Yedei Chovah, and he's never missing on opportunities where he has ob- obligations, right? He's always Yotzei Yedei Chovah. And he's makpid kekalak because he knows that this is what he has to do. And that 
is very holy. But it's not the holy of holies at all whatsoever. Because you know what that life's, what that person's life is all about? Him. It's all about him. It's like, what are you talking about? No, I'm, I'm doing it because Hashem says, if you did it because Hashem said so and you believe it because Hashem said so, you would do it without that stressful anxiety of making sure that every single thing you're doing is, is a shayla of Yotzei Yedei Chova or not Yotzei Yedei Chova. Because you know what? Sometimes in life, even the stuff that I fall and I'm not Yotzei Yedei Chova, it's still about Hashem in a certain weird way that I can't understand. Like you fulfilled an obligation, right? I fulfilled my obligation or I didn't fulfill my obligation. Like if that's what life is all about. So he's saying, you, you at a certain point forgot that this whole thing's about Hashem and it's all about you. The, the other person that's keeping Torah and mitzvahs, he's just as makpid that Yiziotzei Dechover of Kluger says. But when you ask him, put the spotlight on the pulse of your relationship with Hashem, that's not the spotlight at all whatsoever. It's just a means to get to, to get to the to the to the to the pulse of it. Reb Tzadik is mamish is telling us the same thing over here. Okay, now let's go. What about a person that doesn't have this passion? He's not. He's not. You have to have a lot of passion to like really do what he said up until now. He says, "What about a person that doesn't have passion? They're not feeling it." I asked, like, I was very inspired by. It. I was at a bar mitzvah this past Shabbos. Up in Shul, uh, there was a bar mitzvah in the Shul and Shavuos and Shabbos. So at the Shalashudis, the father bar mitzvah boy was saying to him that um, they've been having a conversation about passion for many years. It's a really beautiful uh, speech the father gave. And um, that his, he, he, the way I saw it, the way I understood it is that he began a conversation with his son many years ago about, about focusing and connecting his son to what he's passionate about. And how happy he feels that his son is, is being raised amongst a lot of people that are very passionate. It was really it moved me very much. So um, uh, last night I was sitting with uh, one of my girls and uh, just having dinner alone on, the, on our gina on the outside. And I was like, what are you passionate about? And she's seven. So don't, I mean, the story here is not like, oh my God, she said that. It's not that. It's actually like, I know that if she was able to speak on behalf of her own neshama right now, and I would be able to also, we would say, we are so passionate right now about this moment of a father and daughter having dinner together on a porch. We're always talking passion about that thing, that that to happen, a child doesn't think like that. A child is not, yeah, they, maybe they're dreaming, daydreaming, and stuff like that, but their, pa- their, their passion is so much more connected to what's going on, what am I in right now, what am I doing right now? She brought something really deep out of me without even answering any question, just by her existence in the garden. In our lives, alavai, that every time that we had an opportunity to talk to Hashem, daven to Hashem, and ask for help, in levels like he just said right now, it would drive out passion, alavai, right? But Rebbe says, at a certain point we become desensitized, we lose a certain drive, something shifts, and then the opportunity to talk to Hashem or ask for help doesn't arouse any insane, passionate, intimate feelings of chibur, of connection. So Rebbe Tzadik says, what, what should a person like that do? That doesn't have that, doesn't feel it. So look, Umisha Margi she'en lo shum cheshek balev u'moach la'avodat Hashem. 
What about a person that has no passion in his heart or in their mind to anything regarding the service of Hashem? As hashlech al Hashem yahevcha. Do you know the nigun of Alter Rebbe Pada B'Shalom Nafshi? So these words are from the hashlech al Hashem yahevcha. It's in Tehillim. On Tuesday we say this Tehillim. That means cast upon Hashem your... Uh, what would be the right word here? Your what? Yeah, like... It's a burden that you're not even feeling the passion. <laughs> right? That's actually a burden. <laughs> like Reb Nachman always tells people that having trouble feeling connected to Yitbodedut, he said that's great Yitbodedut material. When you go into that Yitbodedut booth or garden or whatever, tell Hashem how impassionate you are and how much you don't even believe in this. Just keep on talking about how much you're not into this. Right? So Reb Tzadik is saying the same thing. You're not feeling the passion? Tell Hashem, throw it on Hashem. Keep Hashem part of the picture at that moment. What will happen to you, he says, And from humility of the mind when recognizing what a person's lacking, which is passion, that itself awakens Like when I stand before Hashem and I say, I wish, I wish I was feeling you. I wish, but you're at least saying that to Hashem. That itself awakens Rach Meishamayim, Reb Tzaddik says. Because our, our natural response to waking up in the morning where I don't feel any passion for Avodat Hashem would be, then I'm not going to go to shul. I'm not going to daven. I won't do it bodedut. I won't learn. I won't do my daily ritual of whatever it is. Afuch, Reb Tzaddik says. Don't be fake and come to Hashem and start dancing around. Throw it on God. Throw it on God, which will make you realize, when you throw that on God, you realize how much you're really lacking. The more you realize how much you feel you're missing, that itself is me'orer rach me'ishamayim. That itself awakens heaven, uh, heaven's mercy. Bechen. This is an amazing thing. Another ikaron from Reb Tzadok. Ka'asher nofel al adam pachad When something possesses you with fear. Reb Tzadok says, "As teichef right away, yevakesh rachamim liinatzel mize. Right away, ask Hashem for mercy to be freed for to be saved from it. What? Now this is so deep. You know why it's so? I mean, one of the reasons why it's so deep. What does our mind tell us? Even our religious mind. What is it notion to us when I am found in a state of fear?" What do, I, what do I tell myself? Huh? It's not emunah. Then I don't have emuna. And Or, uh, well, nachon. It's not real. You go back to the thing that we just said. Okay? It's not real. It's not not real. yet. No, no, no. I'm saying, no. that's already, that's already a, 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 a person. That's already, what you're saying is already the refined individual relate, relating to a fear. I'm talking about when before that. Before we even get there, I wake up in the morning. I have a, I have a, uh, I have some kind of an anxiety. I'm yeah, not speaking anxiety. about. I know, but I have to be very careful, rightfully so, that I'm not speaking here about anxieties and levels of stress that really do. And I really, really believe in this. Uh, I'm not talking about the levels of anxiety that really need and to, that, that, that need serious medical care. So I have to be very careful about that. But bichlal, each of us have fears. Each of us have fears, right? Um, 
We took a walk with my children through the Rova the other day, and I see the way my kids are walking around there, after, especially after the D family. I see what their eyes look like when they hear Arabic. So it's a fear. Now, do I tell my child? Now, this is a, a larger question. It's not really for this sheer, but I'm, I'm trying to plug it into here for a second. If a person has a fear of something, and, it's, and in certain cases, it's completely legitimate, right? Sometimes, and I don't know if you could say about any fear that it's not legitimate. If a person is feeling it, it must be legitimate because that's what they're feeling. Whether it's real or not is a different story. But the person's feeling is a person's feelings. So Reb Tzadok is saying like this. Generally, when I have a fear, the frum voice in me tells me, I can't show up like this before Hashem. That's fake. I don't have emuna. I have to first be a Baal emuna, and then I can actually talk to Hashem. Reb Tzadok is saying, you're such an idiot. He's not saying you're such an idiot. He's saying, you think they're about... You think something's too big for Hashem, but even more than that, you, who do you think placed that fear in you in the first place? And why did Hashem place that fear in you in the first place? So you come to Him and say, Abba, Tazali. See, we still haven't really gotten that in our minds. We always think we have to be brave, macho heroes before Hashem, and that's the only way to come before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's not it. That's missing the, the whole point. The whole, that's, that's gaiva. It's gaiva. It is. It's Gaiva. If I think I always have to come to Hashem as the one that knows and has shown that I know how to do everything and that I know how to battle every fear and that I've conquered every fear. What, what kind of relationship is that with, with, with HaKadosh Baruch with the master of creation? That's the relationship with a, maybe with the prime minister or a general in the army. Yeah, a Ramatkal. It's not a, it's not a relationship with the master of the world. The master of the world is something else. Something completely different. So Reb Tzadok is saying, what is preventing you from coming to Hashem and saying, save me from this right now? Look into it. It's a, you'll find out a lot about yourself. So he continues. Reb Tzadok says, this is how you were woken up. They're waking you up from Shamaim with such a fear like this. Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to do good for you. Hashem wants you to daven over something. So because Hashem is longing for your tefillah over a certain something, Hashem sends you a certain something. Exactly like this. You know, the PSS writes, before the war, not in Eish Kodesh. I think it's in... Uh, I think it's actually in Chovos Talmidim, but... I'm not sure. He says, do you know what happens to you when a tzara is thrown your way? It's Hashem saying, I miss you. I haven't heard from you in a while. Here, what he's saying is, when you are stricken with a certain fear, any type of fear, that, that is in the realm of what we said before, right? What, what, what the ego says is, I gotta, okay, God can't see me in this state of mind. <laughs> that's, that's what the ego says. God can't see me like this. Hashem can't see. Shouldn't see me like this. I mean, for even 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 just as bad as when you say I can't I can't see myself like this, right? I can't see myself like this. That's all ego. I can't see myself like this. This is you. Who are you? What do you mean? I can't see myself like this. It's kind of, if you say it's like this is stupid and I, it's not reality, 
like you're kind of just dismissing it. But yeah. like if, this, if this is your foxhole, this, uh, this no is atheist, right? You should, you yeah. should um, put it where it's supposed to be. Right. Not minimize it, otherwise you're going to miss that. Oh, and an Ebed Hashem at a certain point in life, and I have to be reminded of this always, but an Ebed Hashem at a certain point in life reaches this place where they they say, Hashem, I know you're with me, and I know you're going to scare the daylights out of me again in the future. But I know already now that I'm not going to run to anyone else, and I'm not going to be embarrassed of anything. I'm always going to run to you even if I look like a baby. I'm sorry. I know you'd rather, I think you'd rather see a general all the time, but I'm already telling you right now, I'm going to run to you. It's one of the deep kavanas of the shofar, Rosh Hashanah, where you start off the year and you say, look, I, I hear this voice, this, this voice of the shofar, on the one hand is like malchut, it's declaring your kingship over everything, but it's also a thunderous roar that I hear inside my neshama. So a person can start off this, their year saying, this year I'm going to be the best chayal, they'll be the best soldier sergeant, right? Which is part of being in the king's malchut. But it's also kind of this admitting, already in the beginning of the year, I'm going to run to you for everything and anything. I'm going to run to you for anything because I believe in the omek omek aleb, that's really what you want. That's actually what you want from me. That's why, again... Like, you know, us finding out that our children were trying to be brave and not share with us a trauma they went through in school. And the first question we really have is, is why didn't you come and tell me? Why, why didn't you come and tell me? So, so that's the closest we can get to understanding so to speak, what it sounds like from Hashem, Ke'ilu. why didn't you come? Because we really didn't know about it as parents. Hashem knew about the whole time and he's wondering why didn't you come and tell me, right? Actually, we could even take that even more. When we as parents know about our certain trauma our children are going through, but we're waiting for them to come and tell us about it, and every moment that they don't come and tell us about it, 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 it mortifies us. Yeah, kills us. Okay, so... The, it doesn't come yeah. predict taking like, physical steps in this world along with admitting uh, to Hashem your fears, physical steps in this world to alleviate the fears. Or to Not at all. Like, Not at all. No contradiction at all. Betach. No, there doesn't, no contradiction at all. That's just an easier, tangible meaning an understandable fear. What about, like, if you wanted to explain that to someone, it would make sense to anyone, right? We're talking mainly about here fears that maybe by other people, they'd look at you and be like, you, this is what you're scared about? A person like you? Because they have a certain image about us, and we're so embarrassed to ever expose that, that vulnerable place. Right? You hear, you hear what we're saying? Okay, bottom paragraph. Every person, I'm not translating the word chemda yet, okay? Every person has a special and unique chemda. And This is in line with everything he said up until now. Okay. Chemda sounds like which... This is very interesting. 
When, when do we have this word in davening? In benching? We're on Shabbos. When do we have it? Chemda tinimato karata. Okay. Eretz chemda. Right? What does chemda mean in that context? A desirable land, right? Ten, now go to the Ten Commandments. Lotachmod. Don't what? Don't desire? Why, why shouldn't I desire? Right? Lotachmod. What is it referring to? That which isn't yours. Nachon? Chemda. Over here, he says, means you're going to go through life having a chemda, having a lotachmod moment. Right? But he says again, in the place where your lotachmod is strongest, in that place itself, there's actually a vessel beneath that taiva that's waiting to be filled with all the brachas in the world. What does this mean? Do you, know, do you know what I heard about him yesterday? I'm sure you all heard this about Young. When was he around? Does anyone know? <laughs> Carl Young, the young, like Young in psychology? I mean, he was around when the... I could have it wrong. Seven, 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 towards the end of his life, that he came to the conclusion that everything that he ever came to, there was someone that came to it before him. Right? And he was referring to the Magid of Mizrich taking all the Torahs of the Baal Shem Tov. That's what I heard yesterday. Namash. Yeah, because this, this line that he just said, that you, you're saying from young, young, is really the Baal Shem Tov had said almost the same exact similar thing. That play, how does a person know what their tikkun is. How does a person know what their actual tikkun is, right? It's, hard, it's, it's that thing that they have the most chemda for. That's what Reb Tzadok Akkoyin is saying over here. But here, I feel like the language Reb Tzadok uses is very helpful. Because again, Reb Tzadok says, atzmo, in this exact thing, there is a kli muchan lekabel birkat Hashem. Do you know how happy you should be that you have passion in this world? Do you know how happy you should be that you have desires and that you even have a drive? That's a sign of life. The other side grabbed onto it when it pulls you to a place of things that aren't yours. Money, covered, of course, spouses. But be ha- uh, uh, he says, there's a clea there. It's called ratzon. It's called a drive. It's there. And when you can lenakotato <coughs> and direct it to the right place, especially the thing that is most driving you crazy, that place is an empty reservoir that's completely open, waiting to be filled with the bracha of Hashem inside it. In that place itself. In that taiva itself. Im yashuv el Hashem bechol libo, hainu leakir shechemda zo hanetua bo mehashem itbarachu. So how do you begin to fill it with, with the bracha? Is that if you stop first and say, where did I even get this drive from? Where did I even get this ratzon? Now, what happens to us usually? Ego. We think we created the lust. We think it's because something bad that we did. We always go back to this. We always, it's like, even to, even the ego also works like, it's a destructive manner consciously too. It's like, it's me that did this. I created, 
I went and did those things. I went and looked at those things. I went after those things. Me. I did it. So therefore it's me and, and before I could start a godly relationship. If Tzadok says here, he says, wait a second. The beginning is recognizing who placed it in you? Who placed it in you? And most people are petrified to, to uh, you know, align the two. Why? Because then you say God is evil, right? Some people, some, some people are, they're petrified of doing what Rabbi says in the last line over here, saying, I have to recognize this chemda came from Hashem. No. Right, right, but I want to, I want to go, I want to go deeper. Even and just stick with me for a second. Why is a person petrified of of identifying God behind the the placer of this chemda inside of me? Because then you have to access God in order to fix it. Which which is the most petrifying thing in the world? Because I actually have to take my concept of Hashem, which was so cute, and put it in a box and so from, and I have to completely, I have to completely dismantle it. And I have to completely rebuild it again from scratch. What? Hashem is not just everything is perfect and man's, man messed up and now we try to get things better. Hashem is a God that created the heavens and the earth and he created this beautiful, beautiful world for six days and then he, everything was perfect. Hashem also created a snake. Adam and Eve did not create the snake. Hashem created the snake. Hashem placed the snake in the Garden of Eden, not Adam or Chava. Hashem places a snake in our lives, not us. It's not us. For our minds to wrap ourselves around that concept, it really forces us to, to a lot of maturity, a lot of spiritual maturity. It's a, it's a completely different world than the one we're operating with on a daily basis of if I'm just good, everything will work out for me. Which most people are under, this is what, we, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of just the way it's been. But the moment that I realized Hashem placed the snake, the moment I realized the chemda was placed by Hashem in me, right? Even the kina that I'm stricken with, right? That, then, then the games begin. Then, I, then I'm able to see, wow, there, might, there may be so much more light and such a deeper connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hopefully, as a result of me acknowledging that this came from Hashem in the first place. So Reb Tzodok is kind of saying, don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss these things. Those things that irk you the most, the most, the most, probably there you'll have the greatest godly revelation if you could just start by acknowledging this came from Hashem, there's got to be something much bigger here. I'm throwing it all on you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I'm not hiding I'm in this for the long run. I'm sticking with you in the long run. So in this short piece, what we're seeing over here is Rabbi Tzadok is basically saying, you know what always works? What, always, what will always work, always, like a guaranteed like, success story, exactly how, we don't know, but the guaranteed moment of a, a, a place of success in a Yid's life is never hiding is always staying in the picture. Always. No matter what. Even when you're most embarrassed about it. Oh, especially, actually, I think, especially when you're most embarrassed about it, because how did Adam and, Adam and Eve react to when they realized they sinned? 
the first thing they did was embarrassment. They started to hide. So the tikkun really is, is like, you know, if they would have stopped for a second and said, wait a second, Hashem put the snake in here in the first place, so it's not, that, it's not what I did. They hid because they thought to themselves, look what we did. Right? Only me. I did this. I did this. I messed it up. And it's like just keeping us in the ring. But with like a lot of bitachon that that is the way. This is the way to really be an Eved Hashem in this world. Jenny, you, want, you had your hand up? Um, I didn't answer the question. Okay. Adina? I'm sorry, I just can't hear you. There's no difference. Yeah. Mimcha elecha. There's no, there's no, it's not a contradiction. Choosing to be an active partner with Hashem. Yeah. But as opposed to, as a, the only difference would be, I did this. You did nothing, Hashem, it's all me. Then what, what that basically is like, Hashem is like saying, you really think that I'm not part, like you really think this whole purpose of creating the world and you was just for you to come to these conclusions on your own and learn things up on your own. The, the, the whole inyan is shutafut, is partnership. Uh, did anyone else have a question I missed? I, I listen, I, I told you it was, it's not hard what we learned, it's just, it's deep. <laughs> you know, it's deep, it's, it's deep stuff. This is very chazak stuff, because I, like I said in the beginning of Shir, we only have a few more weeks left with Reb Tzadok, I want him to get through our kishkas, like the Mehmet, that he becomes part, he becomes part of our Yiddishkeit, he becomes part of our Avodat Hashem. He really becomes part of our journey on Tikkun Amidot and on the Simcha of what it means to be a Jew that has the privilege of being a servant of Hashem. And his, his Tam, his Mamash, his taste, and his Or is a, is a big Yeshua in our lives. Yeah. Is there any difference between that and, and, and something else? Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to say this situation is too triggering, too anxiety-provoking, and I'm not going to deal with that now. Mm-hmm. But, or are we supposed to say, okay, that's where my, that is where my work is, even if that person... Well, see, you, have to, you have to see if that actually is, if you've come to the conclusion that that is where, where your greatest avoda really is. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll take time to figuring out if that's really the Nakuda. Right. And if it is... Right? (laughs) Fun times, yeah. Fun times. Of course. 